governor owes his support to the people his nation sends overseas because the governor is a grassroots figure, a symbol of home and an image of nostalgia. It would be unthinkable of him to cast doubt on his commander-in-chief's motives or fault the cause that sends our men into history's most brutal and frustrating combat. Governor Tom McCall. Generals gathered in their masses, just like witches at black masses. The evil minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of death's construction. Welcome to another installment of Kick-Ass Oregon History, a survey created by the geeked-out history folks at ORHistory.com. We profile only the most badass, captivating Oregon stories. It's all Oregon sex, drugs, rock and roll, and earth-shattering, devastating destruction. Basically, the good stuff. Kick-Ass Oregon History is a presentation of ORHistory.com and is supported by listeners like you. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit ORHistory.com and click Donate. Why should they go out to fight? They leave that up to the poor. Yeah. March 22nd, 2013 would have been Oregon Governor Tom McCall's 100th birthday. And we at Kick-Ass Oregon History are excited to celebrate the legacy of a man who truly helped to define the state of Oregon. Many other historical organizations are planning commemorations, but... As you have come to expect from Kick-Ass Oregon History, we try to present the story in our own distinctive way. Excuse me, fucking distinctive way. So rather than focus on the same three topics that everyone else is going to tell you about in this Macaulayan orgy, we want to present some dissimilar but true stories that you might not hear over the next few weeks. The Other Tom McCall we bring something a little different. We spice it up. We're the Cholula on your morning eggs, or the three-way your girlfriend's BFF finally convinced you to partake in one drunken game night last week. Today, we're going to examine Tom McCall Warhawk, and his record on the Vietnam War, which may surprise you. From a relatively young age, Citizen Tom McCall wanted to be Governor Tom McCall. He was driven, and aside from a huge scoop of vanity with an extra-large sprinkle of ego, he wanted to serve the state of Oregon for all the right reasons. McCall realized that a military record, indeed a combat record, was a necessary pedigree to achieve such an office in his era. While a reporter at KGW, McCall has been attributed at telling his boss, If I don't have an armed service record, I'll never have any hope to be the governor of Oregon. So, in September 1944, at the age of 31, Entirely motivated by political ambition and not a sense of patriotism or preserving freedom or any such amorphous beliefs, Tom McCall joined the United States Navy. Wow. 
As the war was winding down, McCall was desperate that he would miss the action he needed to bolster a combat resume. In March of 1945, he finally got his wish when his ship, the St. Louis, took part in Task Force 58 and they participated in the bombardment of the Japanese island of Okinawa. The ship sat offshore for two months and fired over 26,000 rounds at Japanese positions. McCall refined his reporting skills while at sea and served his country as a news correspondent. Republican Thomas Lawson McCall became Oregon's 30th governor on January 9, 1967. Just the day before, 16,000 American troops and 14,000 South Vietnamese forces conducted Operation Cedar Falls, which attempted to drive Viet Cong forces from an area named the Iron Triangle. In the 19-day operation, over 72 Americans were killed, mostly from sniper fire. The day after McCall was sworn in, Sergeant Thomas Sieben of Corvallis died in Binh Duong. This same year, 1967, would see the number of United States troops in Vietnam surpass the half a million mark, making his mark on what would become a major policy point in his administration. McCall went to the trouble of distancing himself from what he called the doves and those against the war. McCall was well aware that his constituents in the Beaver State did not all share his hawkish views on Indochina but he hoped to change that impression. In March of 1967, McCall attended a governor's briefing on the war by President Johnson. McCall offered Johnson his personal support. He also told Johnson that Oregon was back on track with the war effort. On March 20th, Privates Michael, Michael Lawson, Lawson of Medford, Medford and David Roberts David of Portland Roberts. were both killed in Binh Dinh. McCall's strong stance on the war may have alienated some of his supporters, and his advisors feared that there would be ramifications to his hawkish tendencies. They advised the governor to duck the issue, but McCall steadfastly refused. I'm not going to duck it, he said. Private Larry Foster of Salem was killed in Bin Long that day. James Lowry. And of course, many of his constituents were not for the war in Southeast Asia. And as many of them were dirty fucking hippies, they were quite vocal about it, of course. While a staunch supporter of First Amendment rights, surely due to his deep background in broadcast reporting, Governor Tom McCall also felt that peace demonstrations were as responsible as President Johnson, maybe even more so, for the escalation of the Vietnam War. McCall said, Peace marches prolong and even intensify the bloodshed in Vietnam. It is the demonstrators, not the Johnson administration, who escalate towards genocide. At the July 1967 Oregon State American Legion Convention, our beloved governor said, It is strange indeed and disillusioning to hear their efforts to save mankind described by fellow Americans as colonialism or imperialism. 
What a lost, swirling world it would be without the firm hand of America, without America's dedication to coming to the rescue whenever civilization is threatened with aggression. Sheridan, Walter Anderson, Wedderburn. Remember, dear Asskick, this was the governor who hosted a state-funded pot party called Vortex One to get protesters off the streets of Portland. Now, Tom McCall walked the walk. You see, he voyaged to South Vietnam as an official observer of the 22-member commission in that country's September 1967 election. While there, he visited Army, Air Force, and Marine positions and chatted with Oregonian servicemen whenever he could. Now, the record seems to indicate that McCall was not much of a fan of the physical space of Vietnam. He's been quoted as saying, Vietnam is the worst place in the world, except for the communist world. He also called the South Vietnamese, These little people. We hope this comment was due to the contrast with his staggering height and the height of the average Southeast Asian, but we just aren't sure. But the September 1967 trip to Vietnam seemed to be instrumental in strengthening his resolve toward the conflict. Once he returned, McCall expressed nothing but optimism for the war effort. I found our military progress better than I thought, and the future is much brighter than I would have thought. Another 20 months like this, and you could well be on your way to victory. Marine Johnson Johnny Macau of Medford died in September 1967 in Quang Tri, just 10 days after he arrived in Vietnam. Our Republican Governor McCall had undying support for our Democratic President Lyndon Johnson, or at least support for his policies and prosecutions of the Vietnam War and surely he felt that the divided nation was a liability towards this affair. Our hope, freedom's hope, lies in supporting the courage of logic followed by our commander-in-chief. Certainly it possesses frustration and sometimes even numb despair. But by those very tokens, it requires patience, perseverance, sacrifice, and above all, unity. But even President Johnson was not as imprudent and thoughtless as to ignore this division in the United States over the Vietnam War. From his March 31, 1968 speech. And in these times, as in times before, it is true that a house divided against itself by the spirit of faction, of party, of region, of religion, of race, is a house that cannot stand. There is division in the American house now. There is divisiveness among us all tonight. And holding the trust that is mine as president of all the people, I cannot disregard the peril to the progress of the American people and the hope and the prospects of peace for all peoples. So 
I would ask all Americans, whatever their personal interests are concerned, to guard against divisiveness and all of its ugly consequences. That same speech also contained a shocking revelation by the president. With America's future under challenge right here at home, with our hopes and the world's hopes for peace and the balance every day, I do not believe that I should devote an hour or a day of my time to any personal partisan causes or to any duties other than the awesome duties of this office, the presidency of your country. Accordingly, I shall not seek and I will not accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president. McCall was stunned. Speaking on Johnson's resignation, the governor said, It is a sad commentary on our times when the commander-in-chief is forced to lay down his sword in the middle of a war. It is tragic the president had to make this decision. There is a critical danger that in the vacuum caused by Johnson's decision tonight, there will be a stampede towards appeasement. This nation must be cautious beyond words about accepting any position on Vietnam that is any less firm than that of President Johnson's. On the day of Johnson's speech, Sergeant Leslie Ball of Pendleton died in Thua Thien. March 1968 was one of the deadliest months in Vietnam for Oregonians, with another 25 of our state's men joining Sergeant Ball in passing. There's still something important about a nation's keeping its commitment, no matter what. Protecting the weak and disorganized against the predatory, and generally holding its head high in a world where a wave of neo-isolationism accords these values less validity each passing day. Tide always don't beg forgiveness, crash the Tom McCall was a veteran. Motivated by political ambition or not, that service cannot and should not be taken away from him. His son Tad was sent to Cameron Bay with the United States Navy Swift Boats in 1969. Yes, that Thomas McCall Swift Boater. So the McCall family backed up their patriotic fervor with sacrifice, allegiance, and even their own fucking flesh. A sentiment seemingly absent in our warmongering politicians of today. Over 700 Oregonians died in the Vietnam conflict. Many of them are buried in Willamette National Cemetery in Portland, Oregon. Multnomah County lost the majority of the state's young sons, with Lane, Clackamas, Jackson, and Coos counties contributing a sizable number of their boys too. In fact, almost all of Oregon's counties contributed young men's lives to the conflict, with Gilliam and Morrow counties being the only ones to not lose men, unscathed by the war in that sense alone. And certainly, these boys' blood spilled should not necessarily be on Tom McCall's hands. Nonetheless, our state's most loved governor felt that the persecution of the war in Vietnam, debated and argued over daily in the local and national press, was worthy of these young Oregonians' lives. 
Young men who could have returned to Oregon and been engineers or ranchers, teachers or farmers, writers or loggers, they were robbed of their youth, robbed of the potential contributions they could have gifted to our state's legacy, and Governor McCall felt that this was a worthwhile trade. So as we remember Tom McCall's 100th birthday, yes, let us remember the bottle bill and the beach bill and his wonderful forward-thinking ideas on land use. But let us not forget these many Oregonian men that died in Southeast Asia, for they should be part of his legacy as well. Thank you for listening, Ass Kicker, and be on the lookout for future podcasts by our crew. We hope that you agree that this episode featured some kick-ass Oregon history. Today's podcast was brought to you by ORHistory.com. It was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Doug Kank Crispin and Andy Lindbergh. Citations are available on request. Check out our website at ORHistory.com. There, you can subscribe to the podcast and have it delivered through RSS directly to your device. You can sign up for our exciting Oregon history events, pick up Oregon history merchandise, get a list of songs featured in each podcast, receive extra insights into podcast topics, and read of our adventures as Oregon's rock and roll historians. You can also support the podcast. Go to orhistory.com and click Donate. Follow us on Twitter at Oregon underscore history. You can also like us on the Facebook. The email address is OregonHistorian at gmail.com. You're going to want to join us on March 23, 2013 at 8 p.m. Kick-Ass Oregon History is proud to partner with the Jack London Bar to present Tom McCall's 100th birthday, The Party Party, 
please join resident historian Doug Kent Crispin and Nestucca Spit Press historian Matt Love as they give you the straight shit on Tom McCall's Oregon legacy. Drink specials, a costume party, a film viewing, live music, great prizes, and the premiere of Know Your City's Tom McCall comic by Sarah Merck and Daniel Dufford. The first 25 people in the door get a free comic. This is the kick-ass Tom McCall birthday party that you are going to want to be at. So join us March 23rd, 2013 at 8 p.m. at the Jack London Bar. Just don't get too close to Mr. Kent Crispin. His wave of neo-isolationism accords these values less validity with each passing day. You stay historic, Oregon, and kick ass. This comment was due to the contrast with his staggering height and the average height of the... Fuck you, Andy. You made me fuck that one up.